kiddies. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Barbara. What's up, all you ghouls and ghosts? My name is Donnie, and thank you for tuning in to the very first, the inaugural episode of PSVG's A Decade of Horror, the latest podcast on the PSVG Podcast Network, where we relive a specific year that was in the horror movie industry. The full scream team is here tonight, myself... Mr. Lucas Rose. What's up, brother Lucas? Hello. 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 Glad to be here. And Josh Bones. What's up, Josh? Hey, I'm here. Uh, get used to it. I tried to give everybody <laughs> a scary nickname. I couldn't think of anything for me. And the only thing I could come up with Lucas was Puka. And I just I just ditched the idea. I was like, it's a bad idea. I'm not going to do this idea. Puka, yeah, like the Hulu movie? Yeah. Puka Lucas. Oh, sorry, Lucas. It sounds like a cute, like nickname you'd give to your your significant other hey puka can you get me like a beer from the fridge babe puka luca yeah i was trying like spookus lucas and i was like that just sounds dumb <laughs> that's great i like that spookus lucas <laughs> all right um so kicking off our inaugural show is the year 2010 as we talked about in our forward we got this idea we're so excited. Uh, hopefully you guys like this little mini series, this episodic venture into the scary movies this Halloween season. And uh, we got the idea to recap the years that was as we head into the 2020s. So, Josh, why don't you take us back in time and let us know the year that was 2010? Cool. Let's see if this uh, um, uh, gives you any idea of what type of horror films came out that year. So 2010, in no specific order... Uh, we have Avatar at the top of the movie charts to close out the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, that feels like that was way earlier than that. <laughs> I feel like, like Avatar was longer ago than a that. A lot of things in this year that you that we we're going to think is a lot longer. I ago. hated Avatar, by the way. <laughs> As a lot of people did. Uh, not this guy, though. Not Joshy Bones. He loves the <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> uh Kesha ends the year with TikTok at number one on the Billboard oh, charts. It's a banger. Uh, we'll hit some sports real quick. The Saints win the Super Bowl. Mickelson wins the Masters. The Giants win the World Series. The Lakers win the NBA Championship. And the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. For some reason, I put Spain wins the World Cup way further down, which is probably how most Americans think about that anyway. But Spain wins the World Cup. Uh, Haiti is devastated. By a 7.0 magnitude earthquake killing oh, 230,000 yeah. people. Wow. Uh, the iPad is unveiled. No wow. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unveiled? Like for the unveiled. first time? Yeah. The iPad. Alongside the iPhone 4, I believe. If you had asked me uh, what year was the iPad unveiled, I would have been like 2002. <laughs> 2002. When, yeah. <laughs> nope. That's by the iPhone. Uh, actually, it probably wasn't even out yet. Uh, Lady Gaga wore a meat dress. Uh, I remember that's that. horrific. Oh, yeah, that, that is. <laughs> uh, what if if I told you guys the name Anton Dodson? What does that say to you? 
I don't think I have anything. Final kids and your wife. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. Yeah, Tosh. I was just thinking about that earlier today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Why I couldn't tell you, but you think the iPhone, the iPad unveiling makes you feel old? Instagram is incepted. Wow. I feel like that sounds that sounds about right. I feel like that was later. Yeah. I feel like that's early, actually. I think it's early. I thought it was uh, way way before that. Uh, Snowmageddon hits the East Coast, dumping 40 inches of snow in one week. To give you any Never inkling, I was working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also working, but not to the degree you were working. Uh, Deepwater Horizon explodes. Yeah. Mm. Now you can watch a film starring Mark Wahlberg about it. Uh, uh, Lazak <laughs> is person of the year, according to Time Magazine. Oof. And the world has been taken over with Bieber fever. And that it has never recovered. That is a thing. I forgot about that Bieber fever. Everybody seemed to catch that that cold for a, a hot minute. That's the year twenty ten, in no specific order. Wow. Wow. And That's let me know if you want me to get into more details on other events for the my, next years. My question is, did anything good happen in twenty ten? You know, I was funny. I was writing all these things down, and I'm like, hmm, these are all bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Sorry, Saints fans. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. especially the Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, 2011 ain't much better. <laughs> great. Can't wait. Well, maybe in, in the perspective is now something we can look at and say, wow, every year since before 2020 oh. was terrible. Like, now we just realize every year sucks. Uh, how about we talk about some horror movies in 2010, the top three as it were. Now, Donnie, you gave me a little bit of freedom as to how I would discern the top three. And I think I went with probably the most common way that you would, you would think of as movies being mainstream top movies. And that's by basically going to IMDb and looking at the box office, the U.S. box office. What was because when I think of uh, where did all the money go, that tells me that was mainstream. You know, that means more people went and saw it than just the hardcore diehard fans. So that's what I went with. Starting with number three, top three grossing horror movies of 2010. Number three, The Wolfman. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the nail in the coffin for the Dark Pictures uh, attempt. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it supposed to be like bringing back the original uh, horror, like the Mummy? Yeah, yeah the Universal yeah. wanted to do the Dark yeah, Pictures the like, um, uh, universe to come back the Universal monster movies, and they were all going to tie into each other eventually. Yeah. yeah. And, and then like, single-handedly killed it with their first film. <laughs> ended it immediately. Well, uh, 61, basically 62 million U.S. box office is what it uh, has has earned since its release. A Metascore of 43. So, not great. You put That's- Emily Blunt, you put Benicio Del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, and uh, uh, Agent Smith all in this movie, and it <laughs> complete Save bomb how, yeah i don't know how that happens <laughs> i don't know either i actually i haven't seen this have you guys seen this josh i have, I have yeah. not yeah I've i have not it. i did not either so i can't say much about it but if it's number three it's not a bad that's not or that's not a good look so far uh number two <laughs> a nightmare on elm street 
the, the remake. Reboot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's when, let's see. So this would have been before, or maybe in the midst of these reboots and everything, because the Nightmare on Elm Street had so many in the original series, and then it feels like it's been rebooted or somehow retooled two or three times. Well, this is truly a theme of the decade. We have very few, well, not few, we have a few new installations that kind of take off and get some traction, but it seems like a lot of people are chasing that easy money and remaking the things that we used to like again. And that seems to be a theme for the decade. This is a very, very divisive movie. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I myself am kind of torn over it. I don't think it's good first and foremost. And, and I've said my piece to our patrons before. I, I honestly, I don't know if you can do Freddy without, um, Robert England. I, I think they're, they're so much the same. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, I, obviously you can, but I, I think everything will probably pale in comparison unless you do it differently. Like, you know, you've got to really make it something new and something else. And yeah. this was kind of like a cheap imitation of what Freddie was. But at the same time, it was actually a pretty good script. I like the plot. I liked what they were trying to do with the universe yeah. and, and some of the ways it was scary, you know, in different ways. But at the same time, it's just the Freddy. Freddy is iconic, I guess, is the way of putting it. You know, uh, most of those slashers, we have a pantheon of uh, slasher villains that are iconic. And Freddy probably stands at the top of them all. And a lot of it is because of his geeky, funny, quip, one line nature. And it's hard for somebody else to pull that off. I don't I don't think anybody has even done anything close. Yeah. Uh, for context, Friday the 13th reboot came out in 2009. I think that's really what got that ball rolling. Uh, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> we were talking uh, uh, on Discord today. This was a blind spot movie for me. I have I had never seen this film, uh-huh. and I watched it today uh, with headphones on on my phone when my <laughs> son was on his tablet. Um, wow. Because I wanted to be a little bit more educated on, like, I, there's a lot of movies on my, my list I wrote down that I really wanted to see like ideally before we talk that like, I just felt like I needed to, but mm-hmm. um, that happened to be on HBO max um, as well as another movie that came out this year that I didn't. I did the same thing. In. I rewatched two movies, one that I've seen recently, one that I haven't seen since the first time I saw it. Um, yeah, and I actually think that's kind of a fun part of doing this podcast with you guys is I want to do my homework. I want to try to rise up to your guys's level and, and I want to rewatch some things if they're not kind of current in my head. Yeah, yeah. No, I, feel you. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good, actually. Um, good. But you're 100 percent right. Uh, you you can't it's like different though. It's real hard watching Freddy not being Freddy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I had completely forgot that about like Nancy being like F- Freddy's. Like Nancy is fr- like that's mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. So there's a pretty big surprise in this movie where I thought. Um, the lead was actually someone else. So something happened where I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's not what I thought was going to happen. And I was like, Oh, now I feel stupid. Wow. He's still around. <laughs> I wonder if it, if it's worth going back and checking out now, you know, 10 years later, basically with all of those remakes and reboots kind of off your palate, you know, kind it's of filmed real well. There's, there's some it good is. jump scares. They really nailed it, it. The problem is that it felt more, he, he was he was doing um, like an impression of Freddy because they had him doing um, Jackie er, Jackie Earl Haley I should say um, Rorschach from Watchmen. He, it was more like 
he wasn't allowed to be his own Freddy. Like he was doing mm-hmm. all the Freddy gags, all the same Freddy things, like the nails causing sparks on. They don't let uh, him talk much. He didn't talk much and his voice didn't sound good and the yeah. hand coming out of the bathtub. They made him like recreate every Nightmare on Elm Street poster. And yeah, I guess in a way um, that was them trying to make it different, like a silent protagonist. I just don't think that yeah. fits Freddy. Freddy has to keep that or it's not Freddy. Yeah, you know, they don't be- give you the good stuff until like three quarters through the movie. Like you're always, I'm like, are they going to address what happened to him? And they, they do, but it takes almost the whole film to do it. And then you're kind of like, it, it builds up and it just kind of peters out. Like we already know Freddy's a bad dude. He's killing people. But now yeah. you're trying to up the ante on why he's a bad dude. I think I just thought they should have nailed it at the start of the film to give you that like extra creepy factor. But it is what it is. I haven't seen the first one for so long. I don't remember if they address what he did in the first one or if it was the second one. This is the second one, and it's actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was just about to transition. We, we happened to be recording this episode a week after John Saxon passed away. Yes. Have either of you seen the prequel that he wrote? The he, prequel? He wrote a so. prequel to Nightmare on Elm Street that's pretty crazy um, that never got made. And like oh. his script came out. It's on Bloody Disgusting. You can go check it oh, out. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. It's all about like... Um, it would have really changed the way we know and think of Freddy. It was all about like Freddy being framed and he wasn't actually the child predator and they killed him anyway. So then that justifies him coming back and haunting their kids and all that. And it, oh, wow. to be honest with you, it sounded kind of awesome. Like I, is, as I was yeah. reading it, I was like, Elijah would make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a minute or two in this film where they make you think that that's like the same yeah. situation too. Spoilers. Wow. Sorry. Sorry, Lucas. That's oh, a no. Big segue after your number two out of three. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Uh, just real quickly, this made 63 million box office. Uh, wow. So, one million more than The Wolfman. Metascore <laughs> of 35, but. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. That, I, yeah. I think it should be higher. I mean, it's a meta score, though. So. Not that we're going to yeah, get all into no. scoring things. I think this is a no, middling horror movie. I mean, it's it's good. It has if you're into scary movies, if you're into Nightmare on Elm Street, I think it's worth a watch. I just yeah. don't think it really does anything, you know, out of its way. Yeah, generally horror movies just don't score well, anyways, because it's such a genre specific. This is actually why I wanted to do this part of the show. I thought it'd be cool to weigh our horror fan thoughts and memories against the critic and the popular, you know, the box office popularity contest. Cause I, I, you're absolutely right. I don't think horror ever really does well critically unless it's very artsy. Um, and even then the, the ones that some of the best horror movies of all time bombed at the box office and vice versa. So it's, it's kind of a, a neat genre in that regard. It is, uh, real quickly, let's get to number one then which if you have a good memory, I think this will come as no surprise. The sequel, the long, it wasn't a long awaited sequel or did it just come out right after the first movie? Paranormal activity two. Uh, what an event that movie was <laughs> just swept the nation by storm. I remember real quick, 84, basically $85 million. So tw- $20 million more than the number two on this list moneymaker uh which is pretty that's a pretty big gap uh meta score of 53 right in the middle but like paranormal activity was was an event i feel like i remember the commercials 
back when I still saw commercials where it was giving you footage from inside the theater of people watching the movie yeah, and people scared. had to leave the theater and, and all that. Like it had excellent marketing. Um, not seen since I feel like Blair Witch. Blair maybe. Witch. First time yeah. since Blair Witch. Yeah. Kind of rejuvenated that found footage thing that everybody tried to do in a yeah. different way. I love yep. paranormal activity. I need to go back and watch more of it. Uh, I know it gets a little bit long winded. Yeah. As you, as you go, Ghost along, dimension. But, yeah, I love that one. Um, I do, but, but I mean, with that. <laughs> it, like you said at the time, it was something fresh. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, we had seen it before, but nobody was doing found footage very well. Yeah. They did um, it differently. Cloverfield might be the only other thing I can think of, but I don't even think that was well, the first yet. one made buku's of money because it was filmed so so, so cheaply cheap. yeah he filmed it with like four actors in his own house <laughs> like it's super cheap <laughs> it is crazy i mean and you have that with blair witch too it, it almost feels like that's part of the the get with horror movies is like you can kind of sometimes get away if you have a good if you have a good premise you can get yeah. away with a pretty cheap movie and it still um you know does really well comparatively for what you make from it so you don't have that box office list on you, do you? Uh, of the entire box office? Like for, you'd have uh, to look everything? them all up. I'm just really surprised the la- the final saw the final chapter didn't make the top three. Uh, it's like in the, the top ten. It's in the top ten because that yep. those were like events too. Maybe maybe paranormal activity kind of beat them to the punch a little bit because it was new. Um, but I remember like this saw was the one where uh, Tobin Bell oh, came yeah. back and it was a big deal. Um, oh yeah that's right and what's funny to me is it like that's the final chapter one right so it's closing out the series and there's so many movies i'm like man that ended in 2010 basically you know at that time yeah but then jigsaw came out yeah exactly (laughs) um i wonder what year that came out 2017 so seven years later they released the sequel (laughs) the final final (laughs) chapter Um, but yeah, there were some other stuff on there that we would know and recognize for sure. Um, and, uh, other than that, those are our top three. It'll be interesting to see how many of those, if any of those make our lists of the top three. <laughs> None of them made mine. Ooh. None of my top three are in the box okay. office bus list. And I got to admit, I gotta t- so I'm going to bring up Paranormal Activity at some point on one of these shows, for sure. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, I loved the first one, not this year. The second one is actually kind of a dip for me, uh, comparatively speaking to all of them. Um, so, But I will bring up my favorite Paranormal Activity in another episode. Um, I'll kick off this shindig, and I want to ask you guys a question. Um, this isn't one of my picks, but I absolutely think it deserves being talked about. Is Black Swan a horror movie? <laughs> it's definitely categorized as one. <laughs> I would also argue The Wolfman isn't a horror movie, though, so I don't know that I put Black Swan. It's like a psychological thriller. I don't think sure. it's a horror. And so many times they cross paths. Yeah, and it's true. I think like Hereditary is more of a thriller than it is a horror movie, so I guess you could technically consider it. I mean, it's up to interpretation, right? If you of want course. to consider something a horror movie. I wouldn't, which is why I didn't pick it. But if yeah. we did consider it, it might be the most successful horror movie like of all time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like for sure. It, it yeah. won so many awards and everything that year. It was pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, when I was doing my research, it just hit me. I was like, wow. Because um, if you just start looking around for lists and releases and stuff, you'll definitely come across a picture of Black Swan. Did you put um, a Serbian film on your list? 
No, no, I didn't, Josh. <laughs> My okay. first one that I'm going to throw out here is one that I really, really like, and it's also found footage, and it's called The Reef. It's basically Jaws meets open water. Oh, yeah, I like that um, right. If you think open water is too much of a thriller or too boring and you like monster films, then you definitely need to check out The Reef. The Reef is cool because it's actually set on a true story of Ray Boundy, Boundy? I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it was in the 80s. He and two friends uh, capsized their ship off the coast of Alaska, and they had to swim to shore, and one of his friends was eaten to death. Like, that really happened. Um, he had his leg taken by a 15-foot tiger shark, and yes. while the shark was circling all three of them as he's bleeding in the water, his friend swam away from them to lure the shark away so they could get to shore. And obviously the reef is a very sensationalized version of that. Um, but I really like, cause they use a lot of real life shark footage. So it's definitely, it's not, um, I was going to say megaton, but what's, what's the other, like the giant shark, the gargantuan shark movie that just came oh, out. Uh, Great uh, white. Megalodon. 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 Um, it's not that. And it's not Jaws, right? It's, the sharks are sharks. They're not beefed up super sharks or make you feel like they're, you know, uh, you know, the next Friday the 13th coming in at you in the water. They're actually just sharks. They seem animalistic. And I think that adds to the realism, which I think ups the tension. As they start to swim and you start to, it's almost like a learning experience as you learn kind of uh, how the tide and how they're fighting against that and how tired they are from swimming and all that. All of that starts to become a reality in the theme. And I just think it makes for a really good watch. And I really like creature features. So that was one that I put on one of my top three films, 2010. Nice. Yeah, you don't, I don't feel like we get enough good creature movies. Um, A lot of the time you feel like you get, uh, kind of gypped, I guess, on the fact that the creature isn't seen enough or you see it too much. They go over the board with it, yeah, and you see it yeah. jump 30 feet out of the water and it becomes fast and furious all of a sudden. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, the shark takes a ramp. and I think it's terrifying when you see like those, you know, the shot, right, where you see the water rippling right in the middle of the camera and then all of a yeah. sudden you see that shark fin just flip the water and go back down and you yeah. hear it. That's terrifying. Like to me, I think about that every time I go swim in the ocean, <laughs> I walk on the water and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the relatability and not like how it could actually happen is one of the scarier parts of these features. Um, bears are one for me. Bears are uh, like terrible. They're like sharks, but on land. Right. <laughs> Big <laughs> fat. They're described all the time. Yeah. yeah and sharks. <laughs> what about you guys? Who's up? Joshy, why don't you go? Joshy B, as as you have right. up yourself. Mine's like a, mine is a hybrid, uh, but it had to be on my list in my top three because it's a beloved film, and it's uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I was hoping okay. it would pop up. That's my number three, so. I figured it might be. There we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty genius. Uh, I would even uh, venture to call it a low-budget film. Uh with Tyler Labine, um, uh, you have seen him, but you might not know him by name. Um, and Alan Tudyk, who you know who he is. Uh, he's Wash from Firefly. He's King Candy. He's every villain in a Disney movie now, all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> he's in so many things. And Katrina Bowden, who people would know from 30 Rock, who plays like uh, the love interest, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Essentially... 
The plot is a parody on the Evil Dead story where a group of friends go to a cabin in the woods, kind of, sort of, and um, Tucker and Dale are two very uh, rednecky buddies who are trying to help these kids from the the Three Stooges-esque Pratt Falls of Death, uh, <laughs> where they, they're just trying to save these kids. That's all they're trying to do. And these kids are terrified of these rednecks. Um, sometimes they should be. Most times they shouldn't. And <laughs> Yeah, if um, I remember, it kind of plays <laughs> into like their prejudice of what yeah. like all these really um, sort of, I don't know, cocky, college-age, preppy kids. And they look at these kind of hill folk, as it were, and they're like, just assume the worst about them. And I think the, if I remember correctly, the movie did kind of a good job showing that, that side of things in a really smart way. Yeah. And Tucker and Dale are t- continuously frightened uh, throughout the whole movie about what's happening. And they really <laughs> don't want to be involved as much as they are. Mm-hmm. It's just a very funny uh, tongue in cheek, um, not traditional horror film. Uh, but it certainly fits in. It's more Evil Dead 2 than Evil Dead 1. It's more sure. Army of Darkness than Evil Dead 2. So it's like that progression of films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great film. It's directed by Eli Craig, who did uh, <laughs> some interesting films, uh, notably in Hard, The Rage, Carrie 2. Um, mm. I saw that one in the theater the day it opened. Really? <laughs> I did. I was there. You were <laughs> actually he wasn't even the director, he was an actor in it. <laughs> there was no Chuck. doubt I was gonna miss seeing the <laughs> Carrie movie live. You know, how many chances you get that? It was it was a letdown, but still. <laughs> uh yeah, so Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, great film if you can catch it. Uh it really I, I think uh, is a movie I want to see if it holds up. I'm not uh, entirely sure that it does. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't seen that one in many, many years. I didn't see it yeah. when it came out. I saw it years later. I think it was on one of the streaming services. Netflix, yeah. I was just yeah, thinking. I was, yeah, I was thinking. And um, yeah, I, I watched it and had a good laugh with it. But I saw it on the, I saw it on some other people's lists and I thought about it. I thought about it. But I think this is a pretty strong year, at least for me. Hmm. Nice. Cool. Uh, well, since that was one of mine, I'll skip up to my number two hmm. and go to Insidious. Mm. Uh, like you had mentioned before, Josh, this was just underneath probably top five, I think. I think uh, I had Insidious uh, 2011. Was it, 20, was it 2010? Now, see, yeah. we talked about, I was going to say, we talked about what uh, before the show. We, we ha- I'm going to have to go back and make sure as, as we continue. Oh, I got show, you. I got gotcha. you. They didn't open in, okay. uh, you know, so I'll check for you. Tribe back I'll out. allow it. September okay. 14th, let 2010. It You're good. You're Don't worry. I'll make another mistake somewhere else to make up for it. Um, but I remember this movie. Uh, I think Jason and I were both pretty uh, interested in, and excited to watch this movie. And uh, it went in some places that I wasn't really expecting it to go. Um, and obviously I have now, I haven't seen this probably since it came out, I think. So it is overdue for a rewatch, of course. Um, and since then they've had some for better or worse, some sequels. Um, 
but at the time it was one of those uh kind of ghost haunting stories that sure felt a little bit fresh um you have a a, a family who are searching for uh in search of help for their son who fell into a coma and uh i don't know it had just like it explores this paranormal side that had a little bit more depth to it. I felt, um, because help me remember, were we in the midst of the exorcisms and hauntings and well, stuff? Yes. Yet? Yes. I thought you were about to go to a different place. I thought yeah, you were about to ask me something else. Exorcism but. of not the last exorcism. We had the last exorcism. Yet. This is coming a couple years off of the last exorcism, of, the exorcism of, of Emily Rose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was kind of in the thing and there was like the whole, resurgence of the haunted house with the with the paranormal activities and stuff like that like the, some of this stuff started to come back started to have a, a reef you know now i'm gonna go ahead and give you my mistake i had this listed for 2011 so one of oh. mine off my list for next time will be off so i can help you out here a little bit because i have it here um yes please directed by james one yep. furious seven furious conjuring <laughs> all kinds of stuff right um it's crazy that so the conjuring universe I love, and it's going to come up a lot in this series. <laughs> I'm a yeah. big fan. Um, it's crazy that it stars Patrick Wilson in both The Conjuring and Insidious, because I think a lot of people assume them to be the same, and he's playing completely different characters, and they're not related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, That's and it's funny. crazy. He's like this, He's like a, a main character in multiple horror franchises with multiple installments in different like universes. <laughs> I'm just like, why just pick a different character? Because James Wan does The Conjuring too. <laughs> it's like they were shooting the same movie or shooting on the same set or something. It's like, come on, get Yeah, it's like a package deal or something. Yeah, and um, so his son has inherits the ability that he had that was suppressed as a kid to venture off into the astral plane and talk yeah. to, to demons and stuff. And this movie really got me, I think rejuvenated or really excited to go back to theaters. I saw this in theaters. Um, I saw it with my wife and it was really terrifying. I think in theaters, it, this movie for 80% of the movie from start to up to almost the end, does a great job of setting tension and, and, and a tone for the movie. And it kind of grips you. Um, all of the scares are off in the background and they're, there are, you know, they're very like jump scary. They're all closing doors and turned camera shots and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I love that kind of horror. I always have. So I really loved it. It's just the ending did not land. Um, the very ending did, but the part it just get the movie gets weird right you like the dad goes after the son it becomes all poltergeist um but not like fun poltergeist where he goes off into the into the into the darkness and there's like yeah. a, 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 a there's, you see the devil he's <laughs> like a dude who's like painted everywhere. like what is happening it's it gets real kind of cheesy it just loses it it loses what got it there um by the time the end it's they kind of cut bait and then kind of go a little cheesy and then they come back with a nice ending. So I give them a little credit there. They didn't end on that, that kind of sour note, but that hurts a bit for me, but it was still in my top three for the next year. So, I mean, I I love the movie. See, and that's why, uh, or that's what I was thinking, uh, is that he goes into that dimension. And I thought that idea was uh, interesting and kind of what made me go, okay, this is a little bit more, but then, like you said, it could be handled a little bit better. And that's probably why I stuck at it too, instead of, uh, my number one. So cool. Back to me then. Yeah. Josh, do you want to talk about the crazies remake? 
<laughs> yeah, we could talk about it. It's my number one. So, well, uh, let's talk about it now. Spoiler. <laughs> it's my number two, and it yeah. stars Timothy Oliphant from Scream and Gone in 60 Seconds and oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Justified and Santa Clarita Diet, and he's in all kinds of stuff, and he's awesome. And he also plays a sheriff in this. He plays he's a sheriff. He's also from Deadwood and The Girl Next Door. And this is a remake <laughs> of one of George Romero's films. Yes, he have also you was seen executive producer on here? Have you oh. seen the original? No, it's not good. No, it's seventies, right? Seventy three. Yeah, I don't have. I, I didn't write it down. I think seventy three. It's not good. I, I watched it last year when I was doing my one hundred horror movies quest, and it's just what? not good. And I'm really happy they remade it because the remake is excellent. It's a really good scary movie. Um. It does a really good guessing game of kind of leading you along as to trying to figure out what happened without ever really, you know, showing you. Um, yeah. So I really like that part about the movie. I think he does an excellent job and it just has really good effects and really scary stuff. Um, the first one is really different because the original is it's not different necessarily, but when you watch it, you'll I think you'll realize what I'm talking about. So in 73, they're coming off of like Nam. And, you know, like eras of Cold War and biological weapons and stuff like that. So like in the original one, you see tons of dudes running around the town in like hazmat suits and like army guys with like AK-47s and stuff. It's just like a it's a very kind of occupational government, you know, kind of like Red Dawnish type of movie. And when you watch the remake, it's completely different. And the remake feels like it's you know, the first six hours of something like that, like really before the government gets there, you know, everybody's going nuts and everybody's going uh, crazy as the, the movie. And the original, I think the original movie was supposed to be called mad people or something like that, but mm. the original script, but yeah, the, the idea is this biological weapon makes people go crazy. And because people are going crazy, people that aren't infected go crazy and we all become the crazies, I guess is the, the ultimate trip. But uh, Josh, good pick, man. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. Rada Mitchell, uh, who people will know from Silent Hill, uh, was also a very good actress in other films, but uh, she was the main lead in Silent Hill. Um, uh, it just, yeah, it, it really holds up well. I've seen it more recently probably than most films in these past, this past decade. Uh, um, it just shot like very well. It, yeah. it has this, you're right, it has this like, mystery like you don't you're trying to like figure out what's going on because really um it's just people not acting like themselves and some people handle it differently or it takes longer for some people so they have different like mannerisms and like violent tendencies so you never really know when the main characters are safe or in danger and you know uh timothy elephant's wife is pregnant also so it adds some like stress to oh, almost every situation she's in yeah. um i think she's a doctor too uh, which makes it even in more intense because she's always around these these people it kind of has that uh, walking dead appeal you know it's like very the much first, like walking dead yeah like that first episode of the walking dead um or maybe the first two or three where Rick is really trying to like trying to organize things back instead of like trying to run away. Like the movie yeah. kind of starts that way. He's trying to like figure it all out and get everybody back. And then it turns into a, like, we got to get the hell out of here type of thing. Have um, you seen this Lucas? I did. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw it after it had already been out for a while and I wasn't, ex- I think I passed on it cause I wasn't expecting much. Yeah. Um, 
but I think um, my buddy Jason was talking about it. And then I was like, okay, he recommended it or whatever. And I said, okay, I'll watch it. And it was, yeah, it, it just missed my list actually. So that tells you anything. Definitely top five, top 10, something like that. Nice. Um, so I would definitely agree with you guys. Nice. That's a good one. Lucas, I think you're right. I was going to say, does that or make it Josh? Mean? I don't know. <laughs> well, it was Josh. And then we both, some of us had like, doubles and such yes. so i'm on my number one i have my you number one this, left josh has yeah, his number so two this was his jo- yeah so josh why don't you do your number two then so i mean we already talked about it um it, it wasn't even on my list until today but i'm i really i really put in it could be recency bias but i'm putting nightmare on elm street remake up oh there. um I- uh, and this is what i'll say so i have my short list of movies from 2010 of movies that i either wanted to see or have seen and i didn't get to watch devil which is actually on hbo max um because i know it's like they say the rumors are like it's m night's like return to form after some of his flops so i really wanted to see it um i put monsters on my list i don't know if you guys have seen this like indie film it's like almost like cloverfield-esque um oh is it like new zealand or yeah yeah Yeah, it was on prime yeah the acting is not great but i do i did enjoy like the story aspect of it um and i had saw and i had i spit on your grave on my list um but i have a you know i don't don't know that i like to recommend these like revenge porn movies i spit on your grave was on my list as was last exorcism um but i left it off i think the same i wouldn't recommend I spit in your grave to most people. It doesn't yeah. really age that well. And there is like a 2020 time. <laughs> yeah. There's an argument where you could say, well, it's empowering in a that's way. Why it's, but, yeah. That's yeah. why it needs to be made, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. It's gotta be handled. Very yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'll say what I'll say about nightmare is if you're like an old school guy who likes, um, like Freddy, Jason, uh, Mike Myers, these people. This is still this is still a movie you should see um, if you're in that. Um, and and, and it, if you're one of those guys, it will also be hard to separate the actors uh, of Freddy. But everything else about the film is it's it's well acted. It's very well shot. Um, there's some twists and turns that I didn't expect that I st- that I enjoyed very much. So um, if it's if it's in nice with like these. I was watching this and I'm trying to remember if the kids in the first nightmare movies were as like angsty as oh, the yeah. kids in these movies. Oh yeah. And it's they just, were. just a different like decade. So they're, you know, the <laughs> angst is different. You yeah. Know, they definitely so, were. Uh, yeah. So it's a little, it's a little much at, at some points, but once you kind of settle in with who the characters are, I think it all fits and it makes sense. Respect and consider me shocked because in my forward, I open <laughs> up about how um, I believe of the three of us, I think both of you are probably lean more towards artsy stuff than I do. Yeah. Um, and then especially for like thrillers, um, I definitely think Josh, you take that lean. Whereas I, I think I, I lean way more into slashers than both of you. But my number one pick is more of a more of a psychological thriller definitely like artsy pick and i didn't have like slashers at all on here so i was like i was thinking of that as i was making my list i was like my list doesn't even represent my own thoughts of myself 
<laughs> I'm surprised that you picked Resident Evil Afterlife as your number one. That's no, a very bold not. move. I <laughs> did not. I did not. But uh, Lucas, yes, it's your number one. I am curious if you guys have seen this movie. I saw The Devil. Ooh, I have seen this movie. Uh, I watched this recently, so like Josh said, maybe it has the uh, recency uh, sort of bias, but it is a good movie. Domestically here, now this is a movie from Korea, Korea maybe? I think that's right. South Korea, yeah. South Korea? The, the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously it's not going to do so well here. Uh, it's got subtitles and everything, but it has this. Um, the, okay. So the plot is that there's this secret agent man and he, <laughs> there's only just really, in my head, just yeah, <laughs> as you should, there's really only one sort of scene that sets that up. So you see that, and it's very low key. It's uh he gets this phone call while he's at work. He has a earpiece in he's talking to his girlfriend as she's stuck on the side of the road. It's uh, winter time and they're just talking and he's trying to comfort her. He like goes off into the bathroom and sings like drops his whole tough guy facade. And um, as she's sitting there waiting for a tow truck or whatever, this school bus uh, like school van, it's not a bus, but it's clearly public transportation of some sort uh, stops by and uh, this guy gets out and offers help. And all of a sudden, like the whole tone of the the movie changes from that point on and you just kind of get these creepy vibes, right? You don't even know if it's founded or not, you know, you kind of, Oh, maybe I'm just getting, you know, feeling weirded out by this person who's actually trying to help or whatever. Well, this person turns out to be a serial killer and he kills this secret agent man's girlfriend, soon to be wife. And uh, it's not as simple as that, right? It's not as simple as uh, he stabs her or whatever. Now he drags her back into his kill layer where he um, proceeds to kill her after she lets him know that she's pregnant. And he like you immediately get the sense that, wow, this is not joking around. This is not going to pull any punches. Uh, I, I felt pretty like I was eating something and it didn't gross me out, but I got this stomach feeling where I'm just like, psychologically, this just feels wrong. I haven't seen this movie in years, but that's what I remember about it. Like when yeah. you said it, I was like, oh, I remember that movie. It was hard to watch. It, yeah, it's gore. It's not super gory, but it, it doesn't pull any punches. And it just the themes of it are so just rough to get through sometimes. Now, you can tell it's a good movie because they do give you breaks. There's times where stuff like this isn't happening. You're learning about uh, the people who are affected by her death. Uh, one is a police chief, her father. And uh, you're also learning about the the serial killer and what he does outside of this and how he lives a fairly normal life, uh, or at least you feel like it until you start learning more and more about him and what he does on his free time. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it really kind of psychologically, I thought about this movie after I had watched it for the next week. And that to me is always a good sign uh, of a movie that I appreciate 
that it would stick with me after viewing. And I start thinking about like, what is this movie telling me? What is it trying to say? What is the story? What am I left with here? Um, and that has, this has that in spades because not only do you have that serial killer story, but you also have the plot of revenge from secret agent man who goes out of his way to track the serial killer down and not just exact revenge, but also kind of do unto him what that man does to other people. Yeah. And that is a whole nother kind of side plot that doesn't necessarily work out the way that you think it's going to. And I'll just leave it at that because it is worth watching, even if it is kind of rough to get through. So that's my number one for 2010. My number one is um, a decent segue because it's a remake of a foreign film too. And uh, that's what I was going to talk about. It is Let Me In, which released on October 1st, yes. 2010, starring here. Uh, and I'm, so I said this in the forward. I don't think, I, I don't think I track directors and actors as much as you two. So I probably screw these names up and you guys correct them. Well, he's but trackable now though. <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee. Um, he's in the road in paranormal oh, director. <laughs> Elias <laughs> Codius is in shutter Island. Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz, uh, Carrie Suspiria did voiceover and dishonored Amityville and, uh, Richard Jenkins, which we'll talk about in a movie coming up in a, an episode shortly. And, uh, yeah, it is, uh, directed by Matt Reeves who directed Cloverfield and it is a remake of Swedish's let the right one in. And it also happens to be my favorite vampire movie ever. Um, really? I don't really like vampire movies. Uh, not most of them. Like I like vampires. I like the lost boys, but typically like in horror, like the, the vampire stuff, like interview with the vampire 30 days a night. Um, Stoker's yeah. Dracula. Like, I've never, those have never been my favorites. I like them. Don't get me wrong. I watch them. Um, they're just never been my favorites. Um, I love this movie the first time that I saw it. It's, I think it's a, an outlier for me because it's, it's very artsy. It's, it's kind of romantic, um, in a horrific kind of way. Um, and it's, uh, have either of you seen this? Yes, but not since it came out. Okay. I have not, but it is on the short list. I think you'd like it, Josh. When I, when I was thinking of movies and, um, I was actually going through, I have this Blu-ray, it came with a really cool little comic book. And uh, as I was going through my movie case, I pulled this one out and I was like, oh yeah, my wife loves this one. And this is a really great pick. Um, if you're looking to sit down and watch a scary or a horror movie, uh, with somebody who doesn't really like them, um, stars about a boy who gets bullied a lot. And, there's even a scene in the beginning of the movie where he has like a mask on and he has a knife and he's standing in front of a mirror and he's like, you like that little girl? And you make you think this kid is like demented, right? You almost get yeah. Halloween vibes. And then the way they kind of, I don't know, like turn it around. It's not that big of a reel, but what it is is he's being bullied by these kids at school who calls him little girl. And a lot of it is this, this young boy who's just like, he, he's really being tormented by these kids at school. I mean, they're very, very mean to him at several times. The, the bullying is worse than some of the actual killing scenes. Like they're almost harder to watch those scenes. So it has these, um, kind of carry vibes, I guess. Um, yeah. but the, he comes across a girl, a new family moves into the apartment building and the girl just happens to be a vampire. Um, 
you don't really find it out first, but you know, there's something strange with the girl. Like she doesn't wear shoes and it's like super cold. She's like standing in the snow and, uh, he's really into her, um, because nobody talks to him. Nobody likes him. So he's, they're very nice to each other. They become very good friends. They have this boyfriend, girlfriend type of relationship, even though they're real little kids, you know, it's not like adult, it's not teenage, like high schools. It's much younger than that. Uh, And they're just really sweet to each other. And, uh, and then, you know, killings and things start happening so the the character that richard jenkins plays he's kind of uh, her friend and he actually goes out and kills people and brings the blood back to them to the, to eat um that's how they stay alive so those scenes there's one good scene I, I definitely wanted to put in one like good horror like scary movie scene there's one scene where he puts this person upside down and he stabs him in the neck and then lets the uh, blood run down into a funnel into like a milk jug um, but it's, like I said, it's in the snow, it's at night. So all of the blood is like steaming. It's warm. And I just yeah. think it was like a really good effect. I was like, look at that attention to detail. It's like one of the things that I've always remembered about it. I did rewatch this one today. Um, but I've rewatched this one maybe every three or four years. It's always kind of a quick pull. It's a quick recommendation for me. And, um, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. It's got, uh, some blue, blue oyster cut in there. You got like some, some kills, some kill scenes to some eighties vibes. I always love that in a good horror movie. Um, there's like, uh, the backseat killer kind of like urban legend, high beams type of stuff. There's a lot of little nods to the different stuff in there. If you, I think if you're looking for them, or at least maybe I think they're nods, maybe they're not. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's a romance. It's about these two people that find each other. And then at the end, his, um, his bullies get what's coming to them as most good horror movies do, right? They make the bad people get what's coming to them. And then that happens. And then, um, they kind of go off on their own and it's, and it still has all the tropes of vampire, you know, like she can't be outside in the sun and stuff like that. And they have story elements to show that and all that. And, um, but it's more realistic and the way they shoot the vampires, you know, the vampires don't turn into bats and they don't <laughs> hang yeah. upside down and stuff like that. They're people, but it's crazy. She, she moves, she has a couple scenes where she uh, attacks people and she moves incredibly fast and twitchy, almost like glitchy, yeah. um, you know, through like climbs trees and stuff. And it's, it's creepy and it's odd and it's scary. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel conflicted saying it's touching, but it's touching, even though like she rips people's throats out. It's a touching film. Um, it's better. <laughs> it's the best twilight. It's way better than that. So, Um, but I really, really liked it. So that was my number one TV. I can watch it for free. It is free. Free on Tubi. Oh, and Tubi and Pluto TV. So I I will watch that. So gentlemen, that brings us to the hard part. I I have a couple of side notes. If you'll indulge real quickly. Um, Number one, I became aware of this movie, uh, fairly recently it's called beyond the black rainbow and it actually did come out in 2010 and it didn't make my list although i considered it because it's very much out there and uh if you have the opportunity to check it out it's not very it's very much a cult movie it's not like you're either gonna love it or hate it but if you want something super duper crazy different uh check it out because it is like the equivalent of being on drugs uh in movie form it really is i've never seen anything like it except the other movie he did which was mandy and that is why I now i know what this movie is yeah it's, (laughs) it's probably hard to find but if you can get your hands on it or find a place to watch it i would say it's tough for me to recommend because it's so 
black and white as far as if you're going to like it or not. But if you're in the mood for something different, check it out. This trailer is creepy. <laughs> yes. I mean, it doesn't, it almost doesn't even fit in the aspect of horror, but it is definitely psychological. The other thing I wanted to mention is that, are you guys familiar with the movie Birdemic? Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> that That's also released. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Oh, Donnie, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> it, is, it is. If it hasn't been riffed on by uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 or the likes, then uh, it's on uh, How Did This Get Made podcast. Yes. So if you okay. want to listen to it, listen to um, Jason Manzoukas uh, <laughs> tear it apart. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and other, uh, real quickly, the other movies of this year did just because to give perspective as to what some of these movies that we've talked about are up against, you already mentioned Resident Evil Afterlife came out, Saw, the final chapter, we talked about that, The Last yeah. Exorcism, and then uh, we talked about Devil and Legion. I don't remember if you guys remember Legion, mm-hmm. but that was big. Uh, what about L.A. Zombie? Did you cover that one? No, I did not. <laughs> did you know, you know about that one? <laughs> I don't know about that one, but <laughs> I'm making notes. I'm like, oh, I got to rewatch this. I got. That's the beauty of the show. Tis the season. Get in the Halloween spirit. And uh, let's give all of our listeners some picks. There's some they may want to rewatch, some they've never heard of. Yeah. Start a, start a watch list for sure. But yeah, those are, thank you for indulging me. And please, sir, can carry on. Gentlemen, <laughs> we have to pick one movie of our picks to represent this year in our trek to count down a decade of horror um we all i think we didn't we only shared one movie <laughs> between the between the two of us right yeah yeah it's gonna be the fun part of this um okay i i would feel fine to to vote in any of my three i would also accept insidious um we have two votes for the crazies i know if, if we want to go that way um, so I'll start off, I guess, deliberations and say that I will stick up for let me in. Um, I think it's, I picked it to be my favorite movie of the year because I think of all the movies I saw, I think it's the best. I think it holds up really well. Um, but it's also very, very artsy and at times sweet and not really a horror movie. So I understand that. Not like the crazies. Um, it sounds really good. The crazy. I, mean, I think you're going to love it actually. And, and I feel like when I recommend stuff to you, cause I don't do it often, but I feel like when I do it hits, uh, I have a, like a good sense, I think for what Josh likes, but I'd be interested yeah. in hearing you watch it and tell me I'm wrong. Well, something we could do, <laughs> we could do this at, at the end of this. When we do our recap, if we watched a movie from one of the years that we didn't Ooh. vote. For, oh, I like that. So like if I, if we don't pick, let me in now, but I watch it before we. You want to make recap. a case to change it later. I could, yeah. Okay. Assuming that more than just me, like watch, like it, it, that's a that's also a big to do. Like I'm not saying that that's feasible, sure. but it could be feasible for sure. one or two of the years. So I will side with either one of you on either the crazies or insidious. The question is, will either of you side with either of you? Well, let me say this. My thoughts, I actually was going to concede the crazies just off from the stats here that two of you had already picked it. That would be what would make sense. I do feel that Insidious is possibly more representative of the year, if that makes any sense, based on what was happening. Um, But that, you know, that basically is saying that would be the popular pick. And I don't think we're necessarily here to do that. So... If we were to choose the crazies, I would be all right with that. 
I like I like where I'm sitting. I don't have to do <laughs> much debating. <laughs> I mean, okay. I was I was going to pick the, the craziest. That would be, uh, but only because it was shared by at least one of us, and Lucas has also seen it and enjoyed it. It just barely. And I said it just, list. yeah, exactly. So that is um, why that's where I'm coming from. Hey, well, it's it's our list, and I don't think anybody's gonna hold us to it. We're not experts. But I am going to put. I already put. I saw the devil and let me in on my two watch list. I'm just gonna add insidious with let me in by the way do you guys has any of you seen let the right one in yes yes um i like this one more and i feel like that's crazy talk but i i I do i I don't i typically don't like watching a whole lot of foreign films that are subtitled but but there's some that i do so i was trying to think of that today before we started this podcast i wanted to try and figure out why or at least maybe come up with an idea I think I like subtitled movies that don't have tons of elaborate writing when it's not yeah. as big a thing to follow, you know? So like if I'm watching yeah. like train to Busan or something like that, I'm totally fine. Like that's good. Uh, let me in or let the right one in very touching story, lots of dialogue, for, you know, like, so I watched it um, because when that movie came out, it was kind of all the rage if you follow the horror scene. So I watched it. Um, but I liked the, I like this one more uh, personally. The I second think you said that it made me think of high tension. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Not a lot of smart writing, but it's still definitely through like movie that I remember recommending, recommending it to Lucas and he hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I found it very uh Josh like. I just yeah. I wouldn't want to follow any sort of like psychological thriller in subtitles personally. I feel like I'd be yeah. reading yeah. more than I'm watching, I guess. I was gonna say culturally, sometimes it feels like things are are get transferred over better when they just remake it as and kind of re uh translate what those meant to the original audience if i was to pull from like a like an idea like if midsummer was in swedish for example it was in a different language i feel like i'd miss so much of it there's so much going on in that. it was so hard to follow in english (laughs) yeah (laughs) for me you know i'm just like oh man if it was in a different language i think it'd be hard to follow yeah Agreed. I hear you. Okay. So that'll be our pick for the year that was 2010 as we move on towards other years. Um, The crazies, which we will, as Josh said, subject to be changed later on on appeal. Um, As we plan to do, we will have (laughs) a recap where we recap all of our yearly picks and provide you our one list to represent the decade of horror that was So without further ado, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you stay tuned for further years to come. But remember, this is the end, friends. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Hi-dee-ho! (laughs) Ha ha ha!